Welcome to Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. In this podcast, I chat to athletes, coaches, and industry professionals about their sporting journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. Guests range from Olympians to the everyday lover of sport, but the message stays the same. There is so much more to sport than what meets the eye. Make sure you hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify so you don't miss the release of each new episode. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. I'd love to hear from you. Welcome to part two of my chat with Sarah Blackmore, gymnast, gymnastics coach and ninja warrior. If you haven't listened to part one released last week, hit pause now and go back and listen to it. In this episode, Sarah shares the wonderful benefits sport has given her, as well as the lessons she's learned along the way. We also gained some insight into her incredible charity events and fundraising efforts. Sarah's energy and passion left me feeling so lit up, so I hope after listening to this chat, you feel as full as I did. Speaking of all the benefits, like, could you run us through some of the ones that have transferred over to, you know, your life as an adult now? Yeah, yeah. So spatial awareness for me is like a massive thing. Like obviously spatial awareness, you learn when you're kind of rotating on different axes and you're you're trying different skills and things and you start to become aware of your surroundings Mm -hmm. at all times. And that for me is something that I've seen through driving Mm -hmm. in particular when I've been in cars with other people and they don't have this like a similar kind of background to me, I notice that they miss little things that are happening everywhere. That's really funny that you say that because I found that when I started to drive because swimmers obviously stay on either side of their lane and the driving instructor said to me like, oh, she does, she stays in a straight line when she's driving. Like where'd that come from? Like, well, swimming because you keep to the left. Like what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny that you said that one. No one else has said that. Yeah. Yeah. So that one is like a massive one because I personally, and I've seen it with Ashlyn and any, any of my other gymnast friends, like have seen them looking at other cars and going like, what are you doing? Mm. Instead of it getting to the point where it's happening and then reacting and then they have to deal with it. They're looking at it going, this person could do this mm-hmm. or they look like they're going to try and merge into my lane what is happening? Maybe I'll slow down. Maybe I'll speed up. Maybe I'll move over. Yeah. And then they end up like merging into that lane anyway. And then like, I've really noticed it with any of my friends that aren't ex-gymnasts because they don't do that. (laughs) And it scares the hell out of me (laughs) because I, I'm a total overthinker. I think of every single situation and go, why is this happening? (laughs) Yeah. Or like, you're like, that car looks a bit funny. I think they're going to do this, this or this. So I'm going to fix it by just remove myself from the situation. Exactly, exactly. And being able to kind of like acknowledge that puts you in a safer position straight away. Yeah. And I think like that's probably my biggest thing is the spatial awareness because I think that that is just your everyday life. You walk down the street like you're you're acknowledging everything that's happening around you and you're aware that this person over to your right, yeah, they look really creepy. <laughs> yeah, but I have a question for you because I say that this is one of the benefits that I have as well, but how are you so accident prone? Because I still walk into walls and stuff. <laughs> oh my God, man, I have no idea. I literally have bruises all over me. Yeah. And 
I don't know where they came from. I have no idea. So we're like, we're sitting here going, yeah, spatial awareness, our sport taught us this, but we still have bruises and we're accident prone. (laughs) This is it. This is it. And I think it's like when I'm not concentrating on anything and my brain's off, like my ADHD brain is thinking about something that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. And that's when it happens. Like when I did my ankle, I stepped down off a freaking box, like a 30 centimeter box. (laughs) And needed a full ankle reconstruction. Oh gosh. Like, how insane is that? Oh I've got hell. one, I've got one better for you. I broke my uh, my elbow uh going to the toilet. <laughs> Did you slip on water or something? No, I, well, yeah, I slipped on the ground. It wasn't yeah. particularly wet, but I just <laughs> You just slipped. <laughs> I just slipped. <laughs> you crack up. That's wicked. How awesome is that? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyway, like we're, we're sitting here preaching spatial awareness. <laughs> I know. Look at us go. We rock. <laughs> but yeah, in the gym, I've like broken most of my toes by walking into things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the same things though. Like Every they're time. not different things. They're in the same spot. And I still walk around the corner and walk into them. I don't understand. It's crazy. <laughs> I feel yeah with that one like I have a bruise in the same spot in my hip almost like every third week because I've walked into a corner of a table I found this bruise it's like under here it's enormous it's like this big and I don't know where it came from oh dear like I can't even think of like what obstacle did I do that that would be related to there's nothing no like it's just happened yeah (laughs) Well, other than um, our fantastic spatial awareness, is there anything else that's transferred over? Um, I think a lot of the process, like Mm -hmm. understanding process and progression, um, I mean, you you have to be able to do a forward roll before you can do a handstand before you can do a front salt. So you understand that everything has a process Mm -hmm. and that you don't just, I mean, regardless of the fact that I believed I would just win, um, (laughs) you don't, you, you know, deep down that you have to work for things and that if you want a job later in life, you have to write a resume, you have to attend those interviews in order for you to get that job or there's those other steps in there of I have to go to university for a certain degree for whatever career path I want to work in and you understand that there's a process Mm -hmm. and I think that that is something that a lot of kids especially today are missing Mm -hmm. that process because things are just handed to them and then they expect yeah yeah they're like oh why hasn't this happened I'm like well because you didn't do anything towards it happening (laughs) Yeah, why is my hair so dirty? Because I didn't wash it. (laughs) Like, oh, my teeth are going yellow because you didn't brush them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, and I think that in gymnastics, you learn that a lot. And obviously a lot of competitive sports, you get that too. Um, And I think that 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 is one that we've learned as well. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it makes, um, I was saying to my partner before, like people who, are at a certain level of sport or a certain they dedicate a certain amount of their time towards sport they have these character traits that most people have and you can and you can see it and yeah like I think it does transfer over to their professional lives or their adult lives and things like that absolutely and they just see like the benefit for actually being active yeah they see that benefit outside of the physical health Mm mm-hmm 
And it just like, you, you see it, you see those athletes walking into a regular gym and them just like working their butts off and still walking out with a smile on their face. You just see it. And then you see the people who have never worked out a day in their life coming in like this sucks. Yeah. I hate everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even like today, like I was in a not so great mood. I was a bit tired. I was a bit oh, grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. But I went for a walk and completely reset. And I knew that's what I needed. And so exactly. having that knowledge of, oh, I'm not in a great mood. Oh, I'll just go for a walk. Like I was just going to have a nap, but I was like, I'll go for a walk and then I'll nap and I'll feel yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And being able to kind of acknowledge those steps mm-hmm. that you need do in order to accomplish something like you you wouldn't have just known straight away to do that this has been practice of I know that a walk is going to help me and I know that sleep is going to help me like I didn't get a lot of sleep last night so (laughs) you are now in a position to be like okay this is what I need to put into place in order for me to be okay and you know it's not just one or the other like it was no I need to do it in this order and this is how it's going to go down yeah yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah. yeah, that's me too. I need to do that with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Same. <laughs> well, yeah. is there like a lesson that you've learned along the way that stands out that you want to share? Oh dear. A lesson. Um, I think like just giving it a try. Yeah. Just just instead of like letting all of those little negative bugs inside your brain speak over the top of the the thing that you actually want to do, like just give it a shot because mm. The worst thing that's going to happen is you're not going to be good at it, but then you can work for it. And you can get better at it. And like, you're not in any worse situation than what you're already in. Just give it a shot. See what happens. If it's going to be good, it's going to be good. If it's going to be bad, it's going to be bad. Yes. And like 99% of the people aren't sitting there judging you. (laughs) Yeah. Or like they don't, they're not thinking what you're thinking. Exactly. And the people that are judging you are idiots anyway so you don't want them in your life <laughs> yeah, their opinion isn't valid it it's doesn't valid. like yeah, yeah it doesn't matter to what you're trying to achieve yeah, yeah that's interesting because that's um that's actually like it has sport did teach me kind of that that kind of concept and then I that's exactly what I thought when I started this podcast I was like oh, I don't I don't know how to I don't know what to do and then I was thinking you know what like so what if it fails after five episodes yeah yeah, yeah just exactly. do it Exactly. You're like, you're not going to be in a position where you're worse off. No, no. And you might have spent money on a microphone or you might have spent money on something. But at the end of the day, if you don't like it, you can just sell those, those accessories. I like to call them. You can just (laughs) sell them because there's someone else out there who needs that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And definitely you look back and you're like, oh, sometimes you think about all the things that you could have done if you didn't hold yourself back and I think that's the thing with so many people is they're holding themselves back because they're not just giving it a go yeah absolutely and they really they really hold on to that idea that if they do fail the whole world is going to be against them and in reality even if they do talk about it it's only going to last a week yeah just dust yourself (laughs) off get onto it yeah they'll get over it they will and when they do get over it and you're standing on the other side with a smile like you're still better off than them yeah or you're better off than where you were from when you started exactly exactly I like that lesson that's a good one (laughs) (laughs) thanks (laughs) now other than your coaching like you've done a lot of amazing things and 
you've spoken about, you know, what you're doing with Gymnastics Australia and then the international, is it Federation of Gymnastics? What do you call it again? Big, yeah, the Federation of International Gymnastics. <laughs> oh, I got the words in there. They're just in the wrong order. Yeah, no, and it, look, I said it wrong as well. I think it's like actually written in French. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there we go. Um, yeah. And, you know, your work to change the sport. But you've also done something else, a fundraiser called Kids Helping Kids. Yeah. Can you yes, tell us about I, that? Yeah, I've actually done a fair few fundraisers in, in my time. <laughs> So I actually started doing fundraisers um, after one of my best friends passed away. So I did a fundraiser for Beyond Blue. Mm-hmm. So we raised over $10,000 for Beyond Blue in 2015, wow. 2016, yeah. And then that was kind of like the start of my love for doing charity events and fundraisers and things like that. So I then moved on to doing kids helping kids with Peninsula Gymnastics where we had kind of like set up this idea that each year we would do a fundraiser for the Good Friday Appeal Mm -hmm. and we found that if we use the word in kids helping kids it meant that it was coming from those kids instead of from us yeah so we had done that one um, for the Good Friday Appeal and then we also used to do like Christmas drives and things like that where we would have um, whether they would bring in certain things like we did one one year for I think it was for single mums on the peninsula and it was they were accepting donations of like school accessories so like pens pencils books things like that and we kind of just created a little like pretend Christmas tree where the kids would come in and put in like a pencil case or whatever it would be and then we would donate that across so it kind of like gave the kids a purpose Mm -hmm. a reason other than being at the gym they had that community environment and they understood the the gift of giving and understanding exactly how much they can impact yeah so we yeah we'd done the good friday appeal for a few years um they didn't get to do it last year because of covid so and i don't think they got to do it again this year because of covid again um, yeah we were locked down near easter weren't we yeah yeah because the restrictions are all over the place and when you're trying to do a fundraiser event it makes it really tricky to be together as a community but with social distancing and a certain amount of numbers and yeah all of that stuff so yeah we we've done that and then I also had oh I still have a business based around mental health still um where I have photo booths that we hire out and then there's a percentage of that that goes to Headspace in Frankston oh awesome Um, so just to try and help fund some of their programs over there, obviously, again, with COVID, we haven't been able to do a lot of that stuff because um, people aren't really hiring photo booths at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the parties aren't going ahead for the photo yes. booth yet. Yes, exactly. So yeah, I think we've donated over four or five grand to them as well. And then Knox Headspace too, we've done a couple of fundraisers for them to try and help boost their program so I I ended up like looking at it as a full picture and I think it's like close to 30 grands that we've donated to charities in the last five years (laughs) but that's that's such a beautiful thing that you know you've been able to use especially like with the gymnastics background like you're leveraging that sport community and turning it into something good for the greater community yeah, yeah yeah and I think it's I think it's really powerful as well to be in a position where you can give mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people in the world that take and I think 
I'm like, I, I will never be one of those people, but I think we need to promote the giving more yeah. and showing that it's not hard for us to do that. Like, yeah, the, the charity, the first charity event I did, I don't know how I did it. Like I look <laughs> back at it now and I'm like, that's insane. Yeah. Like we had 178 people for a gala dinner ball. Oh my gosh. Three course meal. Like everyone had gift bags that were like valued at $200 per gift bag. Like it was just insane. And I was only like 19 or 20. Wow. And I organized this entire big thing. And I look back at it now and I'm like, you're a psycho. <laughs> How did you put that together? <laughs> like I, I look at like the, the lower tone events now and I'm like, oh, I'm losing my mind doing this. How did I achieve stability during that one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's just so much like purpose and worth in giving to others who don't have it. Mm-hmm. And I think like with particularly with Headspace and the Good Friday Appeal and those kind of organizations, you really see where that money goes. And I think that is like the main reason that I do like to give to those organizations is like you actually see where the money goes and you see what it does and how it helps kids or how it helps troubled youth or whatever it might be. You see it go into those programs to help particular people so yeah actually on that note we ended up starting a Paul Lyons foundation so he was a good friend of ours um he's from the ninja community as well he had a a gym in Essendon a ninja gym um so he was an Olympian actually he um did I don't even know what the martial art is called such a bad friend but he did this martial art um and he was an Olympian and he had his own gym and not last year the year before he passed away um very suddenly in his sleep so his heart just stopped working and we ended up creating a Paul Lyons foundation which basically he was very passionate about getting kids with disabilities and kids that were on the spectrum and things like that involved in sports so we kind of created this foundation that people could donate to or we would run events and there would be money that would go into it and we would um, then fund for kids with disabilities and ASD and whatever else kind of struggles that they would have mm-hmm. fund them to go into ninja programs. And we actually just got our first three kids into one and we we're so excited about it. It was the best day. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Where can we find information for that? Like for anyone listening who does want to help out? Yeah, so um, you can just go to ninja.org.au um, and in there, there'll be a tab that will say the Paul Lyons Foundation and it will have all the information on if you want to donate or if you want to run an event or anything like that. Um, we do have a guy at the moment who's doing, it's called the Crispy Challenge. Um, so he is doing like workouts and each amount of money that is donated, I think it might be 100, maybe 200, each amount that is donated, he adds weight to his training. Oh, cool. So he's got a weight vest on and then the the amount that keeps getting donated, he adds like an extra kilo or whatever it might be. And he said that he's going to stop it an extra 30 kilos. So he pretty much has funded those three kids like by himself from him doing this, this fundraiser. So it's been, it's been really cool. And to see that there is a family out there. So that the three boys are all from the same family and they yeah. all have, um well they're all on the spectrum and they have cardiac health concerns um as well so for us to get them into a program that they actually enjoy being at was Mm -hmm. just like oh it was crazy (laughs) gosh that's so amazing and like I guess in my job I get to see kids being involved in swimming lessons yeah and that's kids 
on all walks of life and the difference that particularly you know that one half an hour can make to a child's life is so huge so the fact that you've created a foundation for you know kids to be involved in ninja warrior and like that's the probably the perfect sport with for kids on the spectrum Absolutely. Absolutely. Because there's so much happening. And Paul was very passionate about making his gym a very inclusive environment. Like he would turn the music down and have it like very low toned and he would have it where parents were allowed to assist in things and come into the class. And it was very beautiful and very passionate. It was something he was very passionate about. So we were kind of in a position where we wanted to continue to promote that and make sure that his legacy still continued um, in a really positive way. And that was kind of what we created. And his wife, Danny, um, she was involved in the entire process and she just was so, so happy to hear that we had been in a position where we wanted to promote his positive look on life and on, on inclusivity and how we could kind of implement it across Mm -hmm. the country. So we'll just keep doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And I hope you know, for anyone listening that does want to, you know, be part of it, that they'll reach out and get in contact and and get more kids into it. Yeah, it's it's honestly like, it's so powerful. And just to see, because like, I understand, um, I have a cousin with Down syndrome, so I understand how, how tricky it can be to kind of find the right program or the right organisation um, to be inclusive and to still offer the right services to make sure like Karina for example has super hyperextended joints as well so she dislocates her knee more than I blink my eyes like Mm. she just needs an environment that's still safe for her but also can include her and make her feel like it's not like she's not different like she does with every other aspect of her life yeah so um when yeah when we started to kind of look at that and see that those opportunities were going to become something for for everyone was just yeah it was really exciting <laughs> yeah and it's it's so special that they can now you know everyone can just experience the benefits that sport has to provide and I think that's at the end of the day that's what it boils down to like it yeah. doesn't matter who you are where you come from no you, you deserve to experience the benefits that sport has Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I'll just keep implementing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, in saying that, like you have just finished filming season, is it season five? Yes. Yes. And you're not allowed to say anything until it airs and we don't know when it's airing, um, but, <laughs> but I want to know, did you have fun? Yes. Yes, I did. I did. It was, I mean, after last year where we were just like locked down the entire year, we didn't get to spend a lot of time with our ninja community. Um, So to just be around our mates was just incredible and just be around like even the, the crew, like we're so close with the crew and all the producers and stuff. So it just was really nice to be around them without having to wear masks. And, but we even had a friend that flew back, like he lives in London now and he flew back so he could compete so he did his 14 days quarantine and then competed and then flew back (laughs) it was just like even just to see him was just incredible (laughs) yeah oh that's amazing and I know we can't discuss it too much but I'm very excited to watch it on tv and yeah just the wholesome content that we were talking about before (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. It's um it's a very exciting season. We um we spent a lot of time there. So I mean, got up there two weeks before we had to start filming because Melbourne went into lockdown. So we had to just like escape Melbourne and go over there straight away. Like pretty much within an hour of the announcement, we had phone calls from the producers going, can you get on a flight in an hour? (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It was insane. But we, Ash and I ended up driving up there. So we got to see a lot of New South, which we haven't done before. And it was, um, it was really, it was a really cool experience. And then, yeah, on top of that, we got to film some, some stuff. <laughs> some cool obstacles that you can't talk some about. Cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to watch it. And in saying that, yeah. where do you see, I know you're working towards the future of gymnastics and you know, the future, even in the ninja community, but where do you see the future of sport? I see that we have, particularly our generation, we are very strong and we can see that there are flaws in a lot of the systems. So I I think that there is a big positive change that's going to be coming from sports. Um, I wasn't involved a lot in other sports growing up, so I can't speak on behalf of that. But in particular, gymnastics, I think there's a big shift that's coming and it's it's exciting and it's scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But do you reckon it's scary because, and I don't mean to, like there's people in all generations that are going to work towards this shift, but do you reckon it's scary because the real drivers of these changes are, I guess, millennials, like it's our generation? Absolutely. And I think that we are still not respected enough from our parents' generation (laughs) and that we are still seen as kids which is fine it's totally fine but there are a lot of people that have worked really hard to to understand the things that they know and I think that they're owed a little bit of a a little bit of respect in the sense that they've dedicated the last whatever it might be to this journey yeah and that we should listen Mm -hmm. we we at least owe them the listening (laughs) yeah and like maybe it's because they didn't grow up with internet at their fingertips, but you know, they might probably look at our age and go, Oh, they don't, they don't know enough. They haven't been working in this space long enough. And you're like, but mate, I've been researching this since I was 12. Exactly. (laughs) I've been doing zooms with people on the other side of the world so I can learn as much as I can. Yeah. You didn't have those things there. You had to wait for that person to come to your country to be able to learn. Mm -hmm. We have this at our fingertips. We can book into online webinars overnight and have that knowledge in our hands. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is a lot of, I mean, and I respect it as well because at the end of the day, each generation that comes through is going to know more. Yeah. 100%. They're going to know more. And I think that we, particularly like our generation, need to respect that a lot of the older generations, like you said, didn't have those things, but also they struggle with the idea of kind of letting go and they struggle with the, in particular, mental health. They Mm -hmm. did grow up with that. So they don't understand a lot of that aspect of it. And they haven't been taught it in school. They haven't been taught it through social media. They haven't been taught any of that stuff that looks at the psychological side of things. And coaches can have all of this physical coaching things that are in place that work, but there's a whole new aspect that's just been thrown in that they have no idea about because they weren't taught about it. It's in our courses now. Mm -hmm. We have psychological coaching 
in all of our coaching accreditations now. Yep. That um, wasn't implemented for them. Even like in degrees, like I had multiple units in either sports psych or human behavior or human performance mm-hmm. psych, like all that kind of stuff. Like that was in my degree as much as yeah. marketing was. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's so important. And that's an aspect that they have missed. Yeah. Unless they've gone back and done those degrees again. Mm-hmm. And it's through no fault of their own. own. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that that is like a whole aspect as well. And look, to be honest, if I had someone like show up at my gym and they were 10 years younger than me and I didn't know them from a bar of soap, I would probably be like, but how do you know better than me? Yeah. 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 Like it is so normal to question people when they're trying to implement change a hundred percent. And if they can't answer why, they shouldn't be doing it. Mm. If they can answer why, then you let them speak. <laughs> or, or listen to, yeah, listen to what they have to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And obviously we're saying it a bit general in terms of the older generations. Like there's been some yes. huge, huge game changes. I know recently, a few episodes back, I interviewed yep. Janice Crosswhite, who yep. has an Order of Australia medal for women's participation in sport. Yep. Yeah, how incredible. And like <laughs> she's been doing this, but she started when she was young. She, yeah. you know, started implementing all of these things like back in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Yeah. And you just look at that and you're like, that's what like that's what I want to do. And maybe yeah. not at that scale, but like yeah, yeah. make yeah. a change. That's it. That's it. And I think like every single person has so much change to offer the world. We yeah. just need to step outside of our comfort zone. Like if we always stay in our comfort zone, we're never going to grow. Mm-hmm. 100%. And it doesn't even have to be as big as you've changed the whole sporting nah. concept for all the females in the country. It can be, I change sport for one kid. Exactly. Exactly. I spoke to one of the girls I used to coach years and years ago, and I just had sent her a message to say, Hey, you look like you're doing really well. Like, I'm happy to see that you're healthy and you're happy and all of these things. And she responded and said, I hope you take some credit for that, Sarah. Oh, was her response. And that for me is so powerful because that's one person in this entire sport that I have impacted their life. Yeah instead of like having 700,000 people that I'm trying to change their lives, I can change one person's life at a time. And if there's five of me, that's going to be five different people that are changing their lives. And if I can change 10 people's lives, then that's 50 people. Like it's, it filters down. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So all together we can, we can create change and it doesn't need to be big. It's just a little thing. And if everyone does a little thing, it all adds up. Oh, I love that. That's going to make me cry. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And yeah, that's exactly why I love sport because it does put you yeah. in that position that you can make a change to one person. And I know the reason why I fell in love with swimming in the first place, because it was a safe space and yeah. I could, you know, grow as a person, but then I was like, you know what, that's why I want to coach. And then that's why, you know, do my job now as a swim school manager. And then I had a parent say to me um, just before Christmas, like Fiona, my daughter said this to me and I hadn't told her why I do what I do. And she's like, this has become her happy place. And I remember crying. Like I felt, I fell to pieces. I was like, I've changed this little girl's life. Like one of my coaches changed mine. 
Yeah, and that that stays with them for life as mm-hmm. well. Like this isn't something that like it's a stranger walking past you in the street, you forget about it pretty much instantly. This is something they're going to be telling their children about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is something that they're going to be like, well, no, my coach Fiona said that you should do this. <laughs> yeah, but like I'm almost 26. And so I look back at the coach that really impacted me. He stopped yeah. coaching me before I was even 17. Like I look exactly. back now and I still yeah. go, what would he do? What would, yeah. what would he expect me to do that he, you know, yeah. that he trained me to know better than this or to do better? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Those really powerful people stay with you for life. Yeah. And I think it's special that, you know, as coaches or as people involved in sport, we, we can be that, that person for someone. Yeah, absolutely. And you get to decide if you have a positive or a negative reaction on a person. Mm-hmm. It's, yep. it's something where we get to decide as soon as we walk into that gym, like we might, we might have had a really bad day, but it's not that kid's fault. <laughs> Those kids don't need to deal with all of your crap as well. <laughs> and it's their best hour of their week. Yeah. So let's make exactly. it their best hour. And we are probably the only grown up in their life that isn't bossing them around and making them feel like they have to clean their room or they have to do their homework or they didn't get good scores on this test or whatever it might be. We're the only grown up in their life that is a fun person for them. So take advantage of that. Have fun with them. Like they're going to love that for the rest of their life. Yeah. And they'll open up and accept more I think from that if you create that I call it like the big sister vibe or like the cool cousin vibe like if you create create that space like I've had kids tell me things like I got a detention because I didn't listen today at school and I'm like oh does your parent know and they're like no I'm telling you I'm like oh well that wasn't great what can we do and like they like they ask for advice for something that's not within Yeah. And they feel comfortable enough to come to you. And look, like, I hope that it never, like any coach is ever in this situation, but when they are in a, in a position where they need help from a grown up, Mm -hmm. they're going to come to you yeah, and they're going to say, this has happened to me. Can you please help me? Mm -hmm. Or they're in a position now to trust you and know that you are like with any of the child safety courses and things that we've done, they have like a a safe grown up. They yes. call it a yeah. safe person that you can go to to say, I feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And if you are that person for them, then that is really powerful because you now have gone from impacting their small life to impacting forever. Yeah. And impacting their safety and their health and whatever it might be. And I hope that no one is ever in that position, but knowing that you are a person, a safe person for them. It protects not only you, but them. Yeah. And they're in a position now to like be comfortable to come to you and be like, I don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. And it like, sorry that it went to the the sad place. <laughs> no, no, but it's so, it's so true. And again, it's like so important because you, you might not go to your parents and you might not go to yep. your school teacher. Exactly. You maybe would go to your sports coach. Exactly. Exactly. With someone that you feel comfortable enough to be around, mm-hmm. it changes. It changes everything for you. Yeah. It really. Yeah. It's it's a powerful thing to have. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. 
in saying that, like, I'm very, very excited to see, you know, what the next 12 months and, and the future has for you. And yeah. thank yeah. you so much for coming on and yeah, sharing your knowledge, sharing your wisdom. I, yeah, it's been amazing. Yeah, thank you so much. It was, um, yeah, it was a bit funny when Rach said, oh, my sister has a podcast. You want to go on it? And I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are and we think like almost yeah. the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she did well. Good matchmaking, Rach. <laughs> yeah, good job, Rach. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. This is a completely independent podcast that has been created to share the journey and lessons of top-level sporting professionals, but also your everyday lover of sport. If you liked this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a review and share it with someone who you think would also enjoy it. Until next time.